Welcome to the Marketing Mastermind, a podcast designed to elevate your entrepreneurial mindset and help you take your business to the next level through digital marketing. Join your host, agency owner, Hillary Russell, as she interviews experts from around the world, dives into business success secrets, and gives tactical mindset training to help you elevate all areas of your life and business. Ready? Let's dive in to another Marketing Mastermind episode. Welcome to another episode, everyone. I'm Hillary Russell. And today we are going to be talking about something that as entrepreneurs, we hear a lot about, but are we actually implementing it, right? Are we actually taking it into account within our day-to-day? Uh, I think it's one of those things that's like, okay, yeah, it sounds cool, but what am I actually doing with it? Um, so what am I talking about? I'm talking about coaching in terms of mindset, your goals, your confidence. Uh, you know, how are you dealing with imposter syndrome? How are you dealing with these different things as you're building a business? And I've brought in today an expert on this topic. Her name is Corey Sartori. Corey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing so great. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. So Corey, you have been a coach for quite a while now, but specifically working with high achieving female entrepreneurs. Um, And I know that you work to really help build that growth mindset, help, you know, deliver some clarity around goals. And, um, and you mentioned too, you know, building abundance and balance. And I think that that is something, man, as a mom, business owner, you know, a woman. <laughs> yeah. That sounds so nice. Wow. That sounds so nice. <laughs> <laughs> so before we dive in, cause I know, you know, we're going to, I know we're going to have fun talking about, you know, these different topics before we dive in, tell us a little bit about how you got started. How did you become a coach? Okay. So I started my own self-development journey in 2013. Before 2013, I was like, not awesome. (laughs) I was in toxic codependent relationships. I would drink daily to avoid my problems. I didn't really set goals. Like I was going nowhere fast. I was really good at like running away from my problems. I'm like, Oh, there's a problem in my life. Let me move to San Francisco. Let me move to Denver. Like I was really good at not facing things in the moment, not dealing with it. And after living in the Bay area for a couple of years, I moved back to Salt Lake city in 2013 and was still like, what am I doing with my life? What are my goals? I just wasn't happy. And and luckily I had some great friends that introduced me to some books and I got a job where the company was really committed to self-development. And so I started diving in. I started doing vision and goal work. I started to build my confidence. I started to push myself out of my comfort zone every day. I started to realize that my ego had been running the show for years. Like I just started building so much self-awareness about who I was and how I was showing up in the world. Because before that, I had no idea, right? Like, you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know that I pretty much sucked. But like once I started working on myself, I started to uncover all these limiting beliefs and, and these mindset things that were just stopping me. And so I started working on myself in 2013. And after about three years of my own self-development journey, I was like, I have to tell other people about this. Like, I need other women to know that they can live a life that they love, that they don't have to be stuck in these toxic relationships, that they don't have to be unhappy. And so I started to um, 
learn more about what does that coaching look like, right? Because in 2016, now coaches are everywhere, but back in 2016, coaching was still pretty new. Um, it wasn't as it wasn't as big as it is now. And so I started figuring out what that was. My mom for my birthday got me a life coaching certification as a gift. She's like, oh, you can do this certification. I was like, cool. And I just started my business. I quit my full-time job and just did my certification and started coaching because I knew that vision and goal work, building your confidence mindset stuff had totally transformed my life. I was a completely different person from 2013 to 2016. And I wanted to share this information with other, with other people. Cause it's, you don't know what you don't know at the end of the day. And I didn't know how powerful self-development would be until I actually did it. That's cool. That's really cool. So there are quite a few things in that story that <laughs> I want to dive into. One though, that I just have to ask you said so nonchalantly, I just quit my full-time job and decided to go all in and <laughs> continued on, right? No, oh, what? So you just you just decided, hey, I'm going to be a life coach or I'm going to, you know, do this certification, just go all in and quit your full-time job. Yeah. Is that how yeah. it went? Yeah. Wow. Well, so I had I was in my job, I was like, I just was in a funk. Like I didn't. I didn't feel like the company I was working for was honoring their values, not necessarily the company, but maybe the people that were working for them, right? The people that were my managers or my leaders, like I didn't feel like they were showing up with the integrity that the company said they had or the values that they said they had. And so it put me in this place where I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this forever. Yeah. And I ended up taking a trip to Japan and I... It's like, I went to Okinawa, which if you've been to Okinawa, like it's a magical, beautiful island. Um, I went up to the mainland. I went to Kyoto. I went to Osaka. And the entire time I was there, I was thinking about my job. I'm like, okay, I'm in this beautiful, magical place. And I'm thinking about my job and all the things I have to do and how I'm unhappy. And I was like, I don't want to my job to suck the life out of me. It's right. just a job, right? I mean, it had been my career for... 15 years, but I just was like, this isn't, this isn't where I want my life to go. This isn't where I don't want to be working at a corporate job, uh, 40 to 50 hours a week and not getting time for my own life. Um, because right. I think when you can have balance, which I, you know, balance is here and there, like sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't, but it's just like, I don't want to be giving all of my time away to, um, work. And I don't want to be making millions of dollars for other people when I know I can make millions of dollars for myself. And after being in Japan and thinking about my job the whole time while I was there, um, have you ever heard of Reiki energy healing? Yes. So that's where it started, right? It was in Japan. And I went and I had a Reiki energy session and there, I don't speak Japanese <laughs> and the woman didn't speak English. Luckily my sister-in-law speaks both. And she was with me and she took me to this appointment. So she was able to translate. Um, but it was like, it was my first experience with Reiki and it was transformational. Like what I learned about myself in the two hour session was crazy. And I was like, this is what I want more of. Like, I want more of this self-development, this self-growth and, and letting go of these limiting beliefs that no longer serve me or whatever it was. And that's, I wanted more of that. And that's what I wanted to share with the world. And that stress and 
negative energy that kept coming up from thinking about my job. I was like, this isn't it. Like, this isn't it for me. And I went straight from Japan to Portland for work. And I was in Portland for, for, um, it was meetings. We were there for meetings, you know, like so many people were there and I just was sitting there and I saw my boss and I'm just like, I'm not happy. And then just being there for the next couple of days and realizing like, I don't think that this is it for me. Like, I don't feel like I'm connecting with these other leaders. I don't feel like this is the right fit for me anymore. And I remember coming home and I started to date my husband, like the day I got back from Japan or from Portland. And it was like a couple weeks later, I was like, I'm quitting my job. You know, I'm making over a hundred thousand dollars at this time. And he's like, what, what are you? No, don't what you have to pay a mortgage. Like you have all these things. And I was like, I don't care. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to stay somewhere that is not bringing me joy. It's not adding value to my life. And I don't want to do it anymore. So I'm not going to do it. And so I quit my job. It was maybe a month after I got back from that trip. I was just like, I'm done. I want to be adding value to the world. And I don't feel like I'm doing it um, in this corporate gig. Right. Wow. That is incredible. I think, you know, I think that entrepreneurs have, (laughs) it's just a different type of of person, right? It's a different type of mindset. And it, I, I resonate with that so much because man, I, I mean, I won't go super deep into it, but when I started my business, I had just had a little boy. He was two months old. I was, you know, facing going back into the corporate world yeah. and just thought, you know what? I, I'm not going to do this. There's no way I'm going to sit there missing out on my little boy growing up. Yep making money for someone else when I could be doing this my way myself. And it's so funny because I told my, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, I, I came home and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to quit this job. That's paying our bills right now and start a business. So and she was like, no, like same thing. Like, no, yeah. no, no, we have bills to pay. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, kind of the same thing, just jumped all in and never looked back and so, so grateful that I did. Um, but it's, it's almost like, you know, you get to that point that it's like, okay, you got to burn the ships. Yeah. Right. You got to burn the ships, cut those ties and, and saying that, and by the way, for those listening, I mean, you know, you know, yourself better than, than anyone else does. So, you know, what is, what feels right in your gut, right. But man, for me, I, and I resonate with that so much, Corey, with that part of your story of, you know, when it's just not a pathway that is going to be progressive for you. Right. And you know, when you've got to pivot and you've got to make some changes. Yeah. That's cool to hear. Um, Okay. So tell, tell us now, because this is a big part of your story as well, right. Saying that you are known for being a transformational coach but also being a master manifester. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's talk about this because, Oh, I love this topic. I love talking about, well, and maybe we'll get into this, but I, I love talking about this piece because honestly, I think that the law of abundance or, or sorry, the law of attraction is actually scientific. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same. <laughs> and, and so tell us about this. And, and I want to hear specifically about attracting or manifesting the ideal partner. Yeah. 
healing yourself from breast cancer, which, oh my gosh, creating a business, being pregnant. So let's dive in to this. I want to, I want to talk about this. (laughs) Okay, cool. I love it. I love it. I'm like all about manifestation. So um, my first introduction to manifestation was the secret, right? Like back in 2012, before I even started my self-development journey, I watched that documentary and I was like, Hmm, this is interesting. Like I, I vibe on this. And then one of the first things that I started doing when I started self-development was vision and goal work. And I remember listening to Brian Tracy. He like had this like disc set. It was like CDs were still around and it was called the psychology of achievement. It was like a six disc course. And in one of them, it talked a lot about goal setting and, um, and visioning and things like that. And so I was like, okay, this is like something I'm totally into. So I started writing out my 10 year vision. Like, where was I going to be 10 years from today? And trying to fully live in possibility, right? Because my mindset was still fixed, if you will. Like still, I hadn't grown my mindset enough. So it was kind of hard to live in possibility because I was like, well, let me play it safe. Um, But the more I did it and the more I practiced it, the more I was able to push myself out of the comfort zone and more, I was more able to believe that, okay, I could really have anything that I truly wanted. And so for years of my life, I had been single um, I was sucked at relationships. Like it was, I, I just felt like I always needed to change who I was for every like guy I dated or like, Oh, your hair's weird. Or you dress too provocative. Like it was always like something to like, make me like, oh, should I change myself? Yeah. And so I was never finding the right person, the right partner. And I had been writing out my vision and goals for a while saying that I've, I've, I find somebody that I want to spend my life with. And then we end up having a family. Cause when I first started doing vision of goals, that wasn't even a part of it. Like I maybe had all, I find a partner that I want to spend my life with, but I didn't want to get married. I didn't want to have a family, but as I worked on myself, um, I was like, actually, I do want that. And those beliefs are because of all of those guys I dated that said, I don't want to get married and I don't want to have a family. And so it became my belief and it wasn't true. And so Learn unlearning that was really helpful, but then having this, this vision of like, okay, I feel really good about this. And one thing that helped me was learning that I had an anti-vision around it. So I had this beautiful vision. I'm going to find my partner and we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. And we're going to create a family. But in the back of my mind, I was always telling myself, you're never going to have it. And it's because of all of those relationships because people had told me that like, well, you're going to end up alone if you keep doing this or right. Like people, I let too many, um, opinions from others infect my mind. And so I would write out this beautiful vision 10 years from today, this is my life. And in the back of my mind, it was, it's never going to happen. And I wasn't even aware I was doing that until like, I I went to a seminar in Vancouver, Canada. And I remember this woman talking about like anti-visions and it was like, light bulb. Oh my gosh, I'm doing that to myself. I'm telling myself that I want this beautiful life, but in the back of my mind, I'm always saying it's never going to happen. And so once I built awareness around that negative self-talk, I was able to stop it. And I would, I would just be like, stop. I would hear it stop. And then I would start repeating a positive affirmation, whatever I needed to hear. And within six months of that, and that awareness, my husband came into my life. And then a couple months later, we were dating. By the end of that year, we were engaged, right? It was like, I had to build that awareness around that negative self-talk. And so I I was able to manifest that into my life, but I had to build that awareness 
around that negative thought that was stopping it, right? Because you can say that you want something, but if you don't fully believe it, if you don't fully have the faith, then it's not going to happen for you. And so that, that that was really huge for me. Um, and then when we come to cancer, so in, in March of 2021, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. It was actually March 18th of 2021. So it's been almost exactly two years. And I, before that, me and my husband, we were trying to have a baby. So I have my son, he's five. He just turned five a week and a half ago. Um, and we had been trying since he was about two to have a, another kid, but like nothing happened. I went to my doctor and then we were going to fertility and the fertility doctor gives you like the Clomid and the letrozole and all the pills. And then nothing was happening. So he gave me estrogen and progesterone. And a week after him, me finishing that cycle of estrogen and progesterone, I found out I had breast cancer or I found my lump. So like, and my cancer was 80% estrogen positive. So it's like that pissed off whatever was in my body and made that cancer grow. So I was like, found out of course, overwhelmed and stressed. Cause I was like, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm a life coach and like, I take good care of myself. My son had just turned three years old. I was like, this is not real life. Um, and so, you know, for the first week or two, I was like, so overwhelmed, so overwhelmed. And I remember, um, I was watching, I think it was like, it was like the sequel to the, um, the secret documentary Mm -hmm. sitting in my bed, like being bummed and feeling bad for myself. And at the end of that documentary, this guy says, you have to be grateful for all this shit. If you want to have a true gratitude practice, you have to be grateful for all this shit. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to be grateful for cancer because I had prided myself on gratitude. Like, I'm like, I am so grateful. Like I have such a good gratitude practice, right? It's part of who I am. And I was like, okay, this is something I needed to hear. Now I can change my thought process. Now I can realize that like, if I choose to be grateful for this, I can turn it around. And then also around that same time, um, right. Things just happen. Like what you need to hear. Um, Joe Dispenza, he was like, I heard him saying that you can heal. I heard his story about how he had healed his spine after having an accident with his mind. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I can do that. Such a cool story too. And I was like, perfect timing. I needed to hear that in that moment. Um, and so I was like, okay, like if Joe can dispense, I can do it. Yeah. I can heal myself. And so I would go to Reiki once a week. And then on I w- every other week I'd go to Reiki. And then every other week I would go to acupuncture. And so when I was laying on those tables, I created a mantra. And my mantra was, I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm healed, I am whole. And I knew that if I fully believed that I was healed, I could heal my body. And so my doctors were like, wanted me to do all the things. We want you to do radiation. We want you to do um, a full mastectomy. We want you to do six months of chemo and and get a port and do three different medications. And I was like, no freaking way. And it took a long time for my oncologist to finally talk me into doing chemo because I was like, nope, 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 I'm not going to do it. But she's like, your cancer is um, mystatic. Like there's a chance that it could have traveled throughout your body to a different, like you have to do this. So finally we came to a resolution that I would do four rounds of chemo with two meds and I would do them IV. Cause I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing six months. I'm not doing three. Like I believe that I can heal myself. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sitting in the chair and you're putting chemo in my body, I am going to believe that that chemo is killing every single piece of cancer in my body. And if I believe it, it will happen. Yeah. And so 
Um, even though like all the doctors were like, no, you have to do more. You have to do more. I was like, no, I don't want to. And so I did chemo first because I couldn't make a decision. (laughs) And I would sit in the chair and I would say my mantra, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm healed. I'm whole. I would visualize that like things were attacking my tumor and making it small and small and small because they actually had found a week before I started chemo, they found a second tumor in my left breast. So I actually had more than one tumor, the tumor that they found first was growing really fast. And so they're like, we have to start, we have to do something. And so I would go to these chemo appointments and I would say that mantra and they, I decided I would do a mastectomy just on my left side. Mm-hmm. And then later on I would do reconstruction. Um, and so by the time I, I finished chemo in July of 2021, It was four weeks later that I went in to have the mastectomy. And when they went in to take out my breast tissue, almost every single piece of cancer was gone. There was just a couple specks of it left, but it was almost completely gone. And I was like, I know that that happened because I believed that I was healed. Mm -hmm. And they wanted me after that, they wanted me to do radiation. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because I know if I fully believe I'm healed, I know that if I fully believe for the rest of my life that cancer is not coming back. It's not going to like, if I live in fear, heck yeah, it's going to come back, but I'm not going to do that. And so, and so I, I, that's what I did. And I fully believed it. And I've been, I, you know, I'm as healthy as I can be now. Um, after that, well, let me, let me go back. So I shared with you, we were doing fertility treatments Mm -hmm. because I was going to do chemo. They suggested I do IVF because they, you know, chemo can go into your ovaries and it can wreck your eggs. Right. Um, and so it was two or three weeks before I started my chemo that we chose to do the IVF, um, and they pulled out eggs. So they got three eggs before that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they made three embryos. And so they called me like it was a Monday, it was a Monday or Tuesday where I got my eggs pulled. And then it was like Thursday, they called me like, Hey, good news. Your embryos are you know, they're growing, they're, you know, it's awesome. And then Monday, which was the week of my birthday, my fertility doctor called me and he's like, you're none of your embryos lived over the weekend. You don't have anything to save. And I was devastated. Like hearing that I might not have the chance to have another kid was more devastating for me than you have breast cancer. Cause like for me, breast cancer is like, I can fight this. I got this, but I'm like, you tell me I can't be a mom for the second time. Like that, that hurt my heart. And so Um, they said, you can do it again. You you know, we can do another round of IVF, but I was like, no, like, I can't have you call me again and tell me that nothing worked. And so I started my chemo. Um, it was a year after my first round of chemo. So May of 2022, um, I got in touch with my doctor. I finally got my cycle back after not having it for a year. And so I called my fertility doctor is like, okay, what are the chances of me being able to have a child, Mm -hmm. another kid? He's like, you need to go do some blood work. So I went in and he called me and told me that my chances were less than 5%. He's like, your best option to do, um, to have another child is to do embryo adoption. But if you do embryo adoption, we're going to give you a bunch of hormones. And I was like, well, the last time he gave me a bunch of hormones, I got cancer. So not going to do that. And I was just like, you know what? I got off that phone call and I was like, I'm going to manifest it. I don't care what he said. I'm going to manifest it. And so from that, that was May, right? I started doing the Joe Dispenza thing, like (laughs) visualize things. And so I would go to bed every night and I would visualize 
my eggs were healthy. My ovaries were healthy. My reproductive system was healthy. I would like visualize a white healing light coming down and healing my body. I would imagine myself pregnant. I would imagine myself holding that baby. I would feel how it feels to like have that baby. Right. I would do all of that. Cause I know like, right. And part of manifestation isn't just your mind. It's also feeling how it feels. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. And I remember it was like, I think it was like October. My husband sits down with me and he's like, I just, I don't think it's going to happen. And I know you don't want me to say that because you don't want me to put negative energy out into the universe. Right. I'm that person. I'm like, don't say that. Don't (laughs) the universe will hear you. Um, and I was like, I don't care, babe. I don't care what you think it's going to happen. And it was maybe six weeks later, if that I took a pregnancy test and it came back positive and I lost it, like crying. It's like six in the morning. My husband goes to work at four. So he wasn't here. And I'm like in my bathroom with a positive pregnancy test. And I'm crying because I was told like, probably not going to happen for you. Like you need to figure out something else. And I call him at work, like sobbing, which scares the hell out of him. He's like, what is wrong? I'm like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, no way. But I'm like, yeah, I manifested this baby. Like I fully believed, I mean, no, everybody told me I was crazy that I needed to stop, that I should just, you know, go get on all these breast cancer medications and stop trying and just give up. And I was like, no, I know this is going to happen for me. And I know that that faith and that belief that I was going to have another baby, Mm -hmm. um, was like, I know that that was so strong that it made it happen for me. Right. Like I, there was one night I was like in the bath and I was just like, universe, tell me how this is going to happen. And I just felt this like intuition be like, you need to take, um, the ovulation tracker. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I've done every ovulation tracker until the end of time and nothing, it's never worked. But my intuition was just like, just try one more time. And so it worked, right. It was, I was like, oh my gosh, I ovulated one day. And I was like, what? Yeah. I got pregnant like that day or right around that (laughs) time. And now I'm 20 weeks pregnant with my little boy. Oh my God. So I'm like, I am, I can manifest anything if I want. Like, I am so grateful. Like, I mean, even I, when I, when I went to my first appointment with my doctor, cause she's been through everything with me, right? Like right. she discovered my first son. She was there when we were having fertility issues. She like, you know, messaged me when she found out I had breast cancer. Like she's awesome. And she's like, so how did this happen? Did you do IVF? And I'm like, no, I manifested it. And she's like, okay. <laughs> like, what follows up a couple of minutes later? So did, what did you say? You willed it? I was like, no, I manifested it. And she's like, okay whatever. But I'm like, I did, I did. And that's what I tell people and they probably right. think it's but I did. Right. Okay. I, wow. Oh my gosh, Corey, what a powerful story on Yo. so many different levels. And the fact that this all happened recently. Yeah. This like, isn't the last two years. Through it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay. So uh, some really, I think important pieces that I want to kind of reiterate and come back to is getting started with this. There are a few pieces, I guess, that I I really want to touch on first, the, uh, what did, what did you call them? The anti, the anti-vision. Yes. Anti-vision. Let's talk about that for a second, because so often we hear, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you're really just immersing yourself in personal development. Like 
any successful entrepreneur is right. Um, and so we hear it so often that, oh, you've got to work through those mental blocks. You've got to work through, you know, these different things. Can you explain, maybe clarify that a little bit? Cause this is a new perspective that I've, I've never heard anti-vision before clarifying that a bit. Yeah. So when we are manifestors, right? We create this beautiful vision for our business, for our personal lives, for our health. And we put it out into the universe, hoping it's going to happen. But if we don't fully believe or fully have that faith, it's not going to. And the anti-vision is that self-doubt. Like I think, right? So many, I know female entrepreneurs I work with, they want to start a business. They want to be successful. They want to make more money. And in the back of their minds, they're telling themselves, nobody's going to like me. What are other people thinking? Everyone's judging me, right? They they are putting out that negative energy, those negative thoughts, and that is stopping them. That is blocking them from creating that abundance. That is stopping them from attracting those right clients because yes, they've written out on their vision or they have a vision board or whatever saying that that's what they want, but they don't fully believe in it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that belief or that faith, then yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, I know for years I was writing down my, find my perfect partner, why isn't it happening? Why am I dating all these losers? <laughs> but until I built awareness around those negative thoughts that I was having, like, it's not meant for me. Um, you know, like he's not out there. I'm going to end up alone. Like those negative thoughts were stopping me from attracting that per- perfect person. And I wasn't aware of it until I was aware of it. And, I, and so I think you have to build awareness around your thoughts. Hmm. And once you do, like, I just talked to a a client before we got on this call and she was telling me that she now after working together is so aware of when the negative thoughts come in her mind, she stops them and she'll start saying a positive affirmation. And I'm like, good. Like that is exactly what you need to do to start creating the life that you want to start attracting the experiences, the people, the situations. So you can have the life you want. So you can have the business you want. Mm -hmm. I know for a lot of women, right. That are female entrepreneurs, it's imposter syndrome so much imposter syndrome and that imposter syndrome is stopping them from creating the business that they want. And so until they can get awareness around those thoughts, clarity around, you know, maybe why they're coming up so they can let go of it, they're going to keep those clients or that money or whatever at a distance. And so it's, I always tell my clients, I'm like, you need a journal, journal about things that come up in the day. When did you, what were your wins? Um, what were your obstacles? Because that's going to help you build awareness around, well, where's my thinking at? Cause it's all in your mind, right? We can create anything with our mind. Our minds are powerful, man. I like made it so I could get pregnant, right? Like you can create anything, but if you don't fully believe you're never going to have it. Hmm. That's powerful. That really is. I've, I mean, yeah, you know, there's those very common things that we hear buzzwords, even like imposter syndrome and things that I'll deal with. But that's such a, a, a refreshing perspective to look at it with the intention of this is something I can change, right? Yeah. This is something that I can very intentionally change. So yes. I love that so much. Um, the second piece that I would love to maybe give our listeners some some action steps for, right, is when you are approached with something and and I mean, Corey, to put it bluntly, the challenges that you have been faced with in the last few years are very drastic. Yeah. Right? Um, but 
I think for every single one of us, you know, we, we have different challenges that come into our lives. And, and when those happen, we have this choice of, okay, am I going to take this pathway or this pathway, right? Am I going to, <laughs> man, it, like it, it, it feels strange even saying this because it would be such in my mind, such a drastic thing, but am I going to get chemo and radiation or am I going to, you know, go, go this pathway that feels right to me? Yeah. Can you give our listeners some, maybe some advice on how to be mindful during those times when there is so much emotion involved, yeah. right? How can you have that clarity? Yeah. Well, and I think for me, what it was is I, I, I really connected to my intuition and I chose that I was going to trust myself rather than listening to what a doctor is going to tell me. Like, yes, a doctor is giving me an educated, you know, mm-hmm. advice or whatever, but I needed to listen to my intuition and I needed to trust myself to make the right decision. And, and I think you have to make sure that you are working on trusting yourself. Like that's a lot of work I do with female entrepreneurs is, um, intuition work and decision-making, right? Cause it's like, Oh, am I making the right decision for my business? And it's like, well, just trust yourself. Cause you know what you're doing, but we often don't, we try right. to like run the decision by everybody else instead of trusting ourselves. And then we don't, we actually just are confused. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Well now what do I do? Cause I have all these different opinions and I'm totally confused. And so building your intuition is so valuable and something that it can be super simple is just doing a five minute meditation every morning with a mantra. Like that's how I started to build up my intuition because for many years when I wasn't working on myself, right. The years before I started my self-development journey, I stopped trusting myself. Like when something would feel off or wrong, I wouldn't trust myself and I would go the opposite way. And then there was repercussions or bad things would happen. And so I had to get back to trusting my intuition. And so with that, what I would do is I would sit down and meditate for five minutes in the morning. And I would say a mantra. I trust myself. I trust my intuition. I trust myself. I'm connected to my intuition. Right. And I would repeat that over and over and over. And then I would start doing it with like small things. I told one of my clients that I did this once and she was like, you're bananas. Because (laughs) if I was driving somewhere and I felt like I should turn left instead of go straight, I would turn left. I just did it, right? Like, that's how I felt. My body told me why. I don't know why. I'm just going to do it. She's like, that's not logical. And I'm like, intuition isn't logical all the time, but I had to do it. And because I started just trusting those little feelings, Mm -hmm. I was able to build my intuition up. And then getting to the point where when I'm diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh oh my gosh. Okay. This was a really big thing, right? It was a month before I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I got up one morning, I was going to Seattle to see my brother. So my brother lives in Japan. And so I don't see him as often as I would like. I don't, I think at this point I hadn't seen him for maybe two or three years Mm -hmm. and he was somehow ending up in Seattle. And so I was like, I'm going to go see my brother. I want to like, just spend a day or two with him. And that morning, that was a Friday morning, I got up and I was just like, gosh, something doesn't feel off. Like something doesn't feel right. I don't know what's going on, but something was just off. And I was like, I still went to the airport. I got on the plane and I freaked out and got off the plane. Cause I was like, I need to like, I'm not trusting myself. I have to listen to my intuition. It is telling me something's wrong. 
I have to get off this airplane. Like they were pulling away from the gate and I like got up and was like, let me off the plane. They were like, okay, this girl's bananas. But I just, my intuition and I just knew, I was like, I have to listen to it. I just have to listen to it. I don't know why. I still don't know why, Mm -hmm. but it was like that precursor to me finding out I had cancer and, and I just knew like I had to listen to myself in that moment. And I did, who knows why. And then the next month I was diagnosed with breast cancer, right? Trusted my intuition when they're saying you need to do all of these things. And I was just like, no, I don't. Hmm. And it was just taking that time to sit and breathe and feel in my body, like, what is the right decision? And then I would hear, you know, something say, you don't need to do this. Like the day that I finally decided I was going to do chemo, I had a um, appointment with my oncologist. And then I had an appointment with my, with a naturopath. Mm-hmm. And I got on the call with the naturopath and naturopath, like, you know, we're going to give you mushroom medicine and we're going to do all the, and I'm such like a holistic person. I was like, I'm going to figure out a natural way to heal my body. But after I got off that um, conversation with that naturopath, my intuition was like, you need to do chemo. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm just going to trust this. And then it was um, about two weeks after that I had made that decision is when I got the phone call. They said, we found a second tumor. We want you to do six months of chemo. We want you to do um, the three medicines and we want you to get a port. And I got off the phone with my oncologist and I sat there and I felt, and I, I just, something said, you don't need to do it. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it. Right. And so I kept trusting my intuition. I kept choosing to trust it. Even if it was something, you know, like, like when I got off the plane, I remember coming home and my mom was here because she was watching my son. And she's like, I would never have done that. I would never have got off the plane. Like, what are these people thinking about you? And I was just like, I don't care. Like, I just knew I had to trust my gut and get off that airplane. And I still went the next day to Seattle to right. see my brother, but I'm, I just didn't feel good about doing it in that moment. And so I trusted myself. And so I started that practice of that meditation and then started that practice of just listen. If my, if my, if I felt like I needed to turn left, <laughs> I turned left. And so I started building it back up. And because I chose to trust myself when those hard decisions came up, I was able to make those hard decisions and feel really good about it and not go back and forth. Right. Like I would make that decision and it was made and I would move on with my life. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, Oh, Oh, should I change my, like, it wasn't like that because yeah. I'd spent so much time. And so you have to really get to that point where you can trust yourself with those decisions in your personal life, in your professional life, in your health, because that's going to be like, you know, you know, what's best for you and you right. just need to listen in. Right. Oh man, that is like a level of reassurance that I didn't even know that I needed. <laughs> Good. Well, it's, and I, I love like, okay, first off too, I love that you use the example of like when you're driving and you just feel like you should turn left. So you just turn left. Yeah. I do that too. And my like, and it's kind of funny because, um, so uh, my, my wife is very intuitive as well. And, and there will be times, I mean, not quite as extensive of, as getting off an airplane, but there will be times that we have like a weekend trip planned or, you know, something planned and she gets a feeling or I get a feeling or something that it's like, uh, no, we shouldn't go or we should yeah. do instead, And we just don't do it, you know? Um, yeah. and so it's so cool to hear that, but, but what you said at the beginning there though, um, man, I, I will say this there were, and granted, I, I started TRC agency just, you know, beginning of 2020. So it's only yeah. been a few years, but 
I did not fully trust myself and my level of experience that I had built for over, you know, a, beyond a decade before that. Um, I didn't fully trust myself because it was something new. And there were so many times, um, in fact, three specifically that still stand out to me that I looked for that external validation and, hey, should I do this? Should I, yeah. are you sure? Like, this is kind of a big thing. Should I do this? And exactly what you said, right? Like asking other people's opinions and their advice. And I kick myself for those things now because it's funny that, you know, now almost three years later, I'm actually doing those exact things that because now I have the level of trust and, you know, yeah. confidence in my decisions to move forward yeah. with that versus looking at other people's opinions. So I think that's such a powerful thing and such a an actionable piece of advice that you gave to just start practicing those even small intuitive moments. Yeah. It's powerful because they build, they build on, right. They build on top of each other. Right. Right. That's amazing. So Corey, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs who are, you know, at that beginning stage of knowing that there is something better for them out there, knowing that there is something more for them, but not quite knowing how to move into that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think trusting yourself, trusting that, you know, what's right. Mm -hmm. But I think something that's powerful, like even just a practice of, of connecting to your purpose, like figuring out, like thinking even something I like to do is like, think about who you were when you were a kid. Like, what were you passionate about? What were you excited about? What lit you up? Like, what were the dreams that you had? Because a lot of times, when we're kids, we will tell our mom, oh, I'm going to be a famous actress, right? And then your mom's like, um, no, you're not. That's never going to happen. Or like a teacher will destroy your dreams or somebody in the community, right? Somebody will tell you like, oh, that's not meant for you. Or don't do that. You're not going to make enough money, right? And so then we start having these limiting beliefs about who we are and who we can be. And then we go and we work, we go to college and we do a corporate job because that's what we're told to do rather than following our passions and following our dreams. And, and we know energetically, like we intuitively know what is right for us. And so taking time to sit down and think about like, well, what is my purpose? Like, what is my calling in life? Why am I here? And, and think about your experiences. Cause I look back on my experiences, like a lot of my twenties was a really hard time in my life. Like it was brutal, but if I didn't go through that really hard relationships, life experiences, drinking all the time to run away from my problems, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to help all of these women and men that I've helped in the last, what, seven years running my business. And, and I'm so grateful for that, right? Like all those hard things helped me to be strong enough to overcome breast cancer. All of those hard things helped me to, um, fight through infertility. And I think that, you know, exactly what you need to be doing. What stops us is the fear of failure, the fear of what other people think, the fear of not being good enough. Like those limiting beliefs and those fears are usually what stop us as early entrepreneurs. Like, you know, you think a lot of entrepreneurs in those first five years fail and it's not because of the lack of knowledge. It's not because of the lack of money. It's because of the fear. It's what they're telling themselves. It's that mindset, that mindset of I'm not good enough. Here's Here comes your imposter syndrome, right? Like who am I to tell these people X, Y, Z, whatever. And, and when you're not continually working on your mindset, when you're not continually working on yourself, those fears will get in your head 
that imposter syndrome will get in your head and it may not stop you completely, but it will definitely slow you down. And so, you know, definitely connect to your intuition and work on yourself every single day, especially your mindset. Like I was telling you earlier, I'm like, I always, I hire coaches. I have a coach, you know, I love coaching people because I know that I've been where these, these female entrepreneurs are and I can help them. And so, so you have to be committed to investing in yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, like all of it. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, because even if you're in year 10, there are going to be times where that fear comes up. It's not going to be, you know, as a brand new entrepreneur, it's going to be something new. It's going to be something different. It's going to be like, oh, scaling my business. Like those fears will come up making millions of dollars. Those fears will come up and that will either stop you or slow you down. And so as a new entrepreneur, I would say your commitment right now needs to be in trusting yourself, connecting to your intuition and working on your mindset every single day and hire a coach. Coaches will help you. I am like, I was telling somebody the other day, I'm like, I have three coaches right now <laughs> because they help me with different areas of my life and business. And, and I love it. It's the best investment I'm ever going to make. Right. Yeah. I, I can vouch for that 1000%. The best investments I've ever made have been investments in myself. And, yeah, and likewise, I mean, for anybody listening, um, I, I also will say having a coach will make a world of difference because it gives you that perspective and maybe that foresight, even that you can't see yourself yes. right? And at every single level every single level of success, of development, of, you know, any part, any aspect of our lives, there are new challenges. So it is incredibly valuable. Corey, this has been such an inspiring and powerful conversation. Thank uh, you. Can you please share with all of us, where can individuals find you if they want to learn more, work with you or do yoga with you even. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I do teach yoga here in Salt Lake City um, at Core Power Yoga. I teach at the Foothill location and trolley location. So you can catch me on the schedule. I love teaching yoga. It's like so fun for me. Um, but I also teach yoga. I do one-on-ones, but if you want to catch me at a Core Power, that's where I will be. Um, I am on social media, Corey Sartori on Facebook. Instagram is Coach Corey Sartori. And then I'm on LinkedIn as Corey Sartori. So it's pretty simple. I don't think there's a lot of Corey Sartoris out there. And you can email me. It's Corey at MarsHolisticWellness.com. So it is a long email, but it's <laughs> MarsHolisticWellness.com. Um, you can even check out my website. It's SLCLifeCoaching.com. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Corey. This was such an incredible conversation. And for those listening, we'll put the details of how to get in contact with Corey in the show notes. And as well, if you're listening to this episode, if there was anything that you took from this that was inspiring or that helped change your mindset a bit to, you know, grow in terms of your goals, your confidence, or how you can start being more intentional with trusting your intuition, share this episode on your social media, like, comment, add a review, right? Promote this episode. That's how we get more listeners and a stronger audience. Thank you guys all for listening. And Corey, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Marketing Mastermind Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, follow, rate our show, and share with your friends on social media. You can also join our community by visiting us online at marketingmastermindpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. 
and we'll catch you on the next episode.